You're listening to The Swedish Podcast, hosted by Jill Leckie and Kat Trigarski in conversations about the paradox of life between two cultures. How are you this week, Kat? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Your enthusiasm yeah. is declining, I have to say, as the weeks go on. <laughs> I'm not it's sure nothing if... to do with the podcast. Honestly. Okay, okay. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I think as we talked last week, ready ready for this year to be, to be done, to be over. Over and done with. Um, this, um, I think a lot of people listening to this might be expecting it to be a podcast that we had advertised as being uh, a conversation with UK, um, the UK ambassador to Sweden, Her Excellency Judith Goff. Unfortunately, for scheduling reasons, we've had to push that back until Tuesday. So we're going to interview her on Tuesday, the Tuesday coming, which is going to be the 22nd. And then we're pushing out that episode um, closer to Christmas. It's a little bit of a Christmas message, I think, yeah. after all. After all, she is the closest thing, or are the represent are the queens, the UK, Elizabeth the the, the second, her representative in Sweden. Um, I think we had just had a conversation off air, <laughs> off podcast, off recording, <laughs> about the um, the protocols involved. Um, are you about to sneeze? <laughs> no. Great well, start to the podcast, guys. <laughs> Caught it, caught it. Caught it, just in time. Yeah. Mm, um, yes, so uh, I'm, I'm sorry if you're disappointed about that, but instead you've got Kat and I um, just chewing the cud for the next yeah. 40 minutes. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday evening because we had to slip it in under the radar before um, uh, the weekend was over. And we just thought, you know, why not do it on a Sunday night? With a glass of wine in hand, and uh, yeah, you can. Oh, this will be our. This will be the screenshot for the picture. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, clunk. Sorry. <laughs> clunk on the microphone. Oh no. Um. So I have already got our new podcasting studio in mind sorted out um it's not um, so it's going to be in the office mm. our new office on the 23rd floor of the inscrapen with some amazing views so it's going to be really nice to look out over that while we're doing the podcast inspired um, huh? inspired. inspired exactly inspired, inspired by Stockholm. um but um and it's going to be we're going to have it's we're going to have nice comfy sofa we're going to have a sofa and a lounge chair and we're in we're going to have these like pendulum mic stands that kind of come to us instead of um they're they're on the ground they're going to come to us instead of us having to be in this weird situation oh my god the day that we can be in the same room and do the podcast together i'm so excited oh i don't have to sit in this little cupboard it's so hot have you got the door open yet (laughs) My no, face is going redder and redder than my drink going... <laughs> It's the heat in here, it's what it is. It's... But I've got my little pictures now. I oh, think it's very pictures. lovely. I got my weird pictures. I, I actually have these. Like... In... I like the Dolce and Gabbana one behind you. Yeah, I know. It's a bit weird though. It's two nuns and a priest. But you know, yeah, I just I don't know there's something about it. It's Dolce and Gabbana. It's Dolce and Gabbana. Yeah. yeah. It's every time I look at it. You remember? Do you remember the Fast Show? Mm-hmm. You remember that where they, where they had this like guy that tramp Jesse, and he used to come out of this thing and he go this season. Do you remember that? And he no. came out and he was all like dressed like a tramp, and he comes out and he goes, "This season, I shall mostly be wearing Dolce e Gabbana." <laughs> <laughs> and every time anyone says Dolce e Gabbana now, I'm just like, "This season, Dolce e Gabbana." E Gabbana. <laughs> I'm mean, taking this because you didn't know what ampersand was, right? Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> it was just also the, it was just like in this old jumper with holes in it. 
Oh, like I'll have to find it. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But and yeah, I, I had these up in my bathroom before and I just took them down today and put them up here. What does I can't see that because it's on the side. What does it say? You're this living... one. Yeah. You are living your story. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> hashtag well. blessed. Hashtag love you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh you can't see that one. i can't see it. all i can see is that... but temptation <laughs> it says i can resist everything but temptation because i thought that wasn't too it's but not too uh... and i the one that you have in the background wake up kick ass repeat i have that as a massive poster in my kitchen that i see every morning when i have breakfast yeah, uh, yeah i see that every morning when i get ready for the day <laughs> I'm not sure if it actually makes much of a difference, but hey, you know, <laughs> it's like... Oh, it's no. like it's the... Hang on, I've lost... Marilyn Monroe has fallen down. Oh my god, Marilyn, where are you? We need to look for her. Marilyn! <laughs> where have you gone, Marilyn? I've lost Marilyn. Oh, well. oh no. Oh uh, yeah. You've been swallowed by a duvet. She has been. She's down the back of the duvet. Well, that's not... Oh, I maybe we should Mazda. say anything about that. She did die in bed. Anyway, oh, she God. did, didn't she? Oh. She died naked in bed, yeah. There we are. Oh my God, talking of like, <laughs> awful things that, like, crazy things that children say. Oh, at the moment, the boys are both obsessed with whether people are alive or not. So every single song that you play on Spotify, they're like, is this person dead? Mm, mm, mm. So we got, I, I had some songs from the cast of Glee. And then they're like, are these oh people dead? God. And I was like, but actually Sorry. one of them is. Oh my, two, well, two of them now. Fucking hell. Really? Which one? Which other one? Um, so oh, the, the girl. The girl. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Awful. Tragic. Yeah, God, I'd forgotten that she was from Glee. Yeah, okay. Well, now I can tell them there's two dead. So, <laughs> God. so I was like, yeah, actually one of them died. What did he die of? And I was like, well, actually oh. he died of a heroin overdose. Oh. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Oliver, age 10, pipes up and goes, hmm, is heroin the same thing as angel dust? <laughs> what? Oh my god! <laughs> I love it when that happens and you're, you know, you're, 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 your bubble of innocence as a parent is suddenly pricked like that and you're like, holy shit, my eight, 10-year-old son knows about angel dust. Oh my god. What do you know? of angel dust <laughs> and i'm like oh i don't know i think angel dust is that not mdma <laughs> i'm like i'm to google it and i was like oh no it's not mdma i got that wrong <laughs> oops i've just introduced another one oh i'm so looking forward to those conversations <laughs> But also, I mean, this is the other thing, like, I kind of get freaked out because I'm like, oh, yeah, those conversations, every parent has them, but they're not in a different language. <laughs> oh, really? It's okay, because they, they, they put everything into English for me. Sometimes like, they'll say something in Swedish and then they'll turn to me and go, I said. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that is another thing that makes me laugh is Stella's kind of like, she's all, she already knows that I'm at a, I can't, it's some kind of um, disadvantage. <laughs> when she speaks to me um so this morning this afternoon one of the things that she said to me was uh oh mommy can you come and play with me now and i sort of grudgingly in my head going oh fucking hell playing i hate playing um and then we went off into her bedroom and you know proceeded to play some form of harry potter for a couple of hours or something anyway um and um she she kind of sits down. She goes, "Now, mommy, usually I, I I play in Swedish. Um, is that okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I might reply to you in English. Is that all right?" And she went, "Oh, yeah, that's fine. But um, you know, I if there's anything you don't understand, just let me know." <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> just already like, what? Oh, um, and um, and. Uh, and she does have, she, she kind of, she, she is very, very good at doing differentiating, like, between Swedish and English. Like, she's very, very, like, as, as a five, oh my god, I mean, like, you know, I've said this before, when I was five-year-olds, I didn't know my arse from my head, to be quite frank, you know, like, and she's already understanding the fact that there are languages, speak, people speak different languages, there's different things attached to languages, da-da-da-da, anyway. Okay, occasionally, she mixes them up. 
big deal you know who cares like there's there's a lot of swinglish happens it's mm-hmm. mixed mm-hmm. up and stuff like that um but just yeah having her kind of aware of the fact that i am at some kind of disadvantage is is very sweet but it's also at the same time utterly <laughs> alarming like i'm terrified yeah. because she already knows at the age of five that she can get something over on me <laughs> yeah Oh, the Spanglish, it's like we're really battling against it. I mean, because Oliver's 10, and so, like, at this point, you know, we have to be like, yeah. So mm. we're just like, he'll say something to me, and he'll be like, I put it on the hula, bark on the book. And I'll be like, You put it on the what? The what, the what? Mm. <laughs> I didn't yeah. understand those words because those words weren't in English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they would like, force him to say it. And then I say, you can take the whole sentence in Swedish with me if you want. Mm. That is fine. But yeah. the whole sentence needs to be in one of the two languages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because he's 10. So, mm. like a 10, but it, you mm. have to be four. Mm. But it is interesting yeah. because I think if they were to be... I do genuinely believe that if they were in a certain group of... I think, I think language is very much about identity and about, you know, you have a different identity with different groups of people. Mm. And... I believe that if that if, if she meets a group of people and she identifies as being Swedish with that group of people, she will be Swedish with them, no matter what. Mm. But mm. if she groups, she meets a group of people who are English speaking, she will mm. identify as English speaking with that group of people, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. So I really, yeah. I you know, there's, I mean, I know there's a lot of different thoughts. I think the problem... schools have thought about you know, Opal, one language, one parent, all that kind of stuff. But we've never done that. We've just kind of. <laughs> We've um, always tried to do really. one language, one parent. No, it's because we've always done one language, one parent. So, okay. and the, the problem now is that with him going to a bilingual school is that it, for him, it's very different. Emil is very consistent. Mm. Emil will speak Swedish with these people, English with these people. Yeah. And Oliver hangs out in a group where they speak Spanglish to each other all the time. And they all know what they're saying because they yeah. all speak Spanglish to each yeah. other. And yeah. it's just like, this is fine but if you go to England people aren't going to understand you mm. and if you go your certain places in Sweden people will understand you but it will take so much more because they're not expecting you to throw in English words yeah and it's more about yeah. the consistency and and it's just I mean because I think it's also that Emil is much more of a language person already mm. I mean he, he he can spell in both languages already at at Oliver's fourth grade level wow. I mean like so I'm doing like English spelling tests with Oliver in the kitchen and Emma will just walk past the door and spell them out <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't even see the words like, oh, God. <laughs> that's amazing you know, I think that's wonderful I yeah think that's fantastic. It, it is amazing but it like kind of puts his older brother down a bit when he's just like mm. no you spell station s-t-a-t-i-m-m <laughs> yeah like not your test (laughs) but i think it's i you know it's just a natural ability that some people have and some people don't i mean i am not academic in any stretch of the imagination i am not academic i struggled to learn english full stop (laughs) i mean i remember sitting down at the kitchen table with my mom at the age of five or six trying to learn to read and my mom is an english teacher of you know 35 years and mm. she's in tears at the kitchen table mm. with me going, why can you not fucking read? Just fucking read the book. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm saying. I've got no idea what I'm reading, you know? And you know, it was, it was I, I remember it to this day. I remember, I even remember the book that we were trying to read and it was Ferdinand the fucking bull. <laughs> <laughs> you have flashbacks every uh oh my god i swear to god one person like somebody very very kindly very kindly donated a set of books to the family place back in the day and in that donation collection was ferdinand the fucking bull and it was exactly (laughs) it was exactly the same illustration it was exactly the same book it was i mean i mean i i literally did have ptsd i had i I had to phone my mom and say mom the book's here i'll find the (laughs) book it's following me she was (laughs) it was awful anyway but um so I don't count myself as someone who's in, who's particularly academic, um, but I'm a hard worker. I'm a slogger. I'll slog it out. I'll do my best. I'll try. I'll no, keep trying until no, I get it. You know. 
I'm not academic either. I've just found Yeah, but my you've thing. got a really good grasp of the English language. I don't. <laughs> but that's I mean <laughs> but I mean it's just my that's my thing. Yeah, but I yeah. I don't know. I I labor over it, you know. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the same and I still get it wrong. But whereas you labor over it, you labor over it and you you get it. You get it right. I I still um, labor over it and I get it wrong. I'm so worried now while I'm writing this book that it's going to be like grammatically fine and just shit. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean like nice placement of the semicolon in this sentence that just is boring. <laughs> <laughs> Zero character. Great grammar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't know who any of these people are, but you know. Really, this is the thing. Like, I can write, I can, I, this is what I discovered when I was doing my English standard grade. I can write a shit hot script of dialogue, mm. no problem mm. whatsoever, because I write how I speak. That's mm. how my thoughts happen in my head. D dialogue, I'm fine with, but yeah. this is—I'm like, this book is so much dialogue. Mm. I've done—I just—I'm writing dialogue, and then I'm having to go and put stuff in between the dialogue yeah. to be like, just write okay, a script, this... just turn it into script, turn it into script. <laughs> Let's get it commissioned. It's okay because I've already cast everybody. Oh, yeah. I'll produce it. It's fine. That's what I do for a living. I'll produce it. I've, I've now gone and given because I need to write descriptions of the people. So I've gone and found pictures of people. Brilliant. Of films of film stars. I hope they're like Z-less. Z-less so we can, we can afford them. They're really expensive. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I mean... It's... I like one of them, like one of them, one of them's probably pretty cheap. Great. I'll get in touch with the agent then. But you know, I think Army Hammer might be a bit pricey. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's Who? Not even there. Like... What? Who? Army Hammer. Isn't he called Army Hammer? Oh God, I'm going to have to Google him now. Isn't that a toothpaste? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he called Army? Um, like, oh God. No, he's called Army Hammer. Yeah. Oh my god. No, you'll, know, you'll recognize him. You're right. He's been in loads of stuff. Okay, that guy. I have no. I don't. I have no idea who that is. Um. Okay. He. Um. The Facebook film. Mm -hmm. He played the twins in that. Uh, Rebecca, the new version of Rebecca. I haven't seen that, but I have seen the Facebook. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think I know. He, oh, okay, I think I know who you mean about the twins. Okay. Yes. Yeah, this uh -huh. was the this was the picture actually. That was the picture that I was. Uh, Oh, he's quite hot, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. yeah. But he's not the hero. Oh. But okay. He's not even got the main role, so that's oh. really expensive. Okay. <laughs> Who's the main guy then? Do you? I won't even ask. Yeah, we mentioned him last week, so. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes, I remember. But only in, only in one specific. Okay, let's not think this. Okay, because if you want to uh, know okay. who it is, then you have to you have to listen to last week's podcast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, he's very expensive. <laughs> very expensive. But he's Scottish. <laughs> but I found out he was from Glasgow. Yeah. I didn't know he was from Glasgow. Yeah. I thought he was from Edinburgh. And but he never speaks. Like how many things? No, does he's he actually had speak elocution in? lessons, my no, friend. He definitely has. In that film, it was very posh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have you seen that film? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh fucking hell! It's mm -hmm. good. <clears throat> yeah, the, I read the book when it came out, and it haunted. It still haunts me to this day. I just I find it devastating. You're trying to remember what I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Is it that obvious? I'm suddenly like, oh, fuck, what's she talking about? <laughs> to be honest with you, I thought you were talking about Band of Brothers, but clearly not, because that's not that <laughs> book. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that he looks very different in Band of Brothers. He was much, much younger in Band of Brothers. But he's wearing a... What book yeah, are you talking about? What film is that? He's wearing a, a uniform. Atonement. Oh. I've seen that. When the book came out. God, that book's ancient, isn't it? Well, I thought it was, but it turned out it wasn't. Oh, right. I thought, I thought I'd been in my first job out of university when that book came out, but it turned out I was already living in Denmark. So it came out in like 2002, 2003. Really? And then they made the film like 18 months after the book came out. Oh 
my god mm. okay yeah, yeah no the, I was bookie, the book really is the, yeah the book the atonement that is uh yeah it's heavy heavy stuff, heavy stuff. yeah it's, it's um, like the last and you get to the last two pages and you're like oh no mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> that's not no um and the film, uh, after the film, after, uh, after I read so after I read Atonement, I kind of went on a bit of a First World War kick, and um, read um, Birdsong. Have you read Birdsong? Oh God, that's devastating as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh fuck. It's good though. Also set yeah. in Scotland. Yes. It's, it's... no. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. As Scot Scots do really great stories, by the way. No, but I mean, I'm. <laughs> Because atonement gives me flashback, like like PTSD, in a good way, but it also in a bad way. No, because I just I can't. I found that I I cried. Like and then I I and then I watched the film and I got me all over again and and then bird song and oh, mm, just, mm, no mm, yeah 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 no mm. I'm gonna have to go back and watch all these films again. Oh, don't, don't, because you will just. Yeah, but film. Yeah, but, you know, I don't get haunted by films like that. The shit that kind of haunts me. We're talking about the centip <laughs> the centipede. That fucking shit haunts me. <laughs> the centipede. The, the human centipede. If you've never seen the human centipede, don't bother. No. Don't even look at pictures. Don't even read about it. Don't even read about the human Is it centipede. It's a horror film. It's a horror film. It's the worst thing I've ever. Yeah. That is the kind of shit that wakes. That's the kind of shit that I lie in bed at night and think about. At three o'clock in the morning, and oh god, I, I, I once watched The Ring. Oh, I watched the, when it first came out on like, DVD. I was going to say, I'm telling you, The Ring uh, has nothing, nothing on the human centipede. Nothing. I tell you what, I got yesterday. I was just sitting there, innocently, and into my head popped the Mothman thingy chronicles or whatever that was called. Never seen, have it. You seen that. Never seen don't it. Don't watch. See, I don't really watch horror films, and then if I do, they. It's always because someone else has persuaded me to watch them, and then I am haunted for like, like the ring still haunts me now. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm just lying there innocently trying to get back to sleep, and I'll just be like, "Hmm, the ring. That was pretty scary, right?" That's how that's how I feel about the human centipede. Exactly how mm. I feel about the human centipede. Um, <clears throat> but the one thing that I do really love, and it's this is the thing. This is where this is where I'm like this. I understand why subgenres happen. Mm. The the Hannibal Lecter films. Oh, fucking love the Hannibal Lecter films. Partly because when I was very, when I was very young, I was very privileged enough to sit in on a reel to reel, which is when you have, um, I don't know, like the director or the cast member or the main player, or whatever, um, sit on stage and walk through the film with you. Um, and um, I was lucky enough to sit with. It wasn't, you know, it was the production designer. Because mm -hmm. at, at the time, um, when I was probably about 17 or 18, I was very, 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 very close to quitting school, everything, da, 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 and going to work as a um, runner in the film <gasps> industry so that I could start kind of with an angle towards becoming a production designer for mm -hmm. film and television and stuff like that. Anyway, so I was very, very fortunate to sit in a reel to reel with um the production designer for the silence of the lambs and it was one of the most i mean in this in this and at that point i hadn't actually started studying film and television i ended up i ended up going to university to study film and television um <clears throat> but um to just be able to sit with a professional um and watch a film and talk about the reason why they had decided to make the choices that they made on on screen mm. um, the way that they had it was it, it entirely changed my the way that i view films entirely you know it's, it's so true what they say is like the nothing that you see on a screen is there for mm. no reason every yeah. single thing in that shot that that scene that <clears throat> mise-en-scene is there for a particular reason whether it's to mm -hmm. portray uh, 
a mood or a, a vibe or a, a historical context or some kind of feeling, emotion in the viewer, it's there for a reason. Um, and she was, I, I can't even remember what her name was now, but she was, she was utterly fascinating. She worked on a all sorts of films, all sorts of like Spielberg films, Sondheim, Soderbergh films, everything, all sorts of films. And she, it was just amazing. Um, but to hear her talk about the Silence of the Lambs, which was, you know, at the time, one of the most psychologically, you know, challenging films ever mm. out of Hollywood um, was, yeah, amazing absolutely amazing so i'm kind of obsessed with hannibal lecture films especially the ones with anthony hopkins in them because yeah, yeah he's he is he hannibal. Is. yeah yeah there's no, other, there's no you know there's been lots of offshoots and lots of other people who've tried to, to try to play him um but it's not but one of my favorite 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 actually silence of the lambs is not my favorite hannibal lecture film my favorite hannibal lecture film is the red dragon the See, original I've, the original I've, original red dragon film i read the book mm. but i haven't seen the film because i don't i i I just cannot watch horror. What I do is I go, if a new horror film comes out and I think that I'm going to need to talk to people about it, mm -hmm. I go on Wikipedia and I read the plot. <laughs> so I can talk to you all about Midsummer because I've read the Wikipedia page. Oh, I've actually watched Midsummer. It's really good. I know you have. It's really good. Watch it. I'm not going to watch it. It's not kind of, it's not horror in the sort of like, um, I know about the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's pretty yeah. gruesome. Yeah. 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 See. Yeah. No. But it's not like the human centipede. That's my benchmark. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's it. No, the ring. The ring is my. The ring is my benchmark. But <sighs> you talking about wanting to be a production designer can do my little Klimt fame is mm. that uh, one because I went to university and studied publishing because mm. I wanted to be a magazine editor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh i got a like a freelance thing uh first year out of university i had a job in a financial publishing company and then i got to do two weeks of the Cannes film festival <laughs> but it wasn't as glamorous as that because we were stuck in a printer's office in nice putting together the daily uh the daily magazine but we got to go at the end of it, to the Godzilla party. Oh, cool. And I was like, and someone said that Jean Reno was going to be there. And I was like, oh my God, Jean Reno. <laughs> Did you see him? Was he there? No, he wasn't, no. But I snuck into the VIP area. <laughs> mm, nice. Nice. But he wasn't in there either. So that was a bit disappointing. Um, and then someone said that Matthew Broderick was going to be there as well, but he wasn't there either. So that was so disappointing. Oh. But shit yeah. turned out for a Cannes Film Festival premiere. We had a closing party, so oh, the end. Okay. So Maybe. everyone had gone all the good things. Yeah. Um, the closest thing I got to the Cannes Film Festival was the Edinburgh International Film Festival, um, at which I worked two or three years in a row, I think. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. I mean, like you, I started out in the, the sh you know, the back office, like the, the back, back, back office of um, like scheduling um, or, or not even scheduling, like, you know, working the press shows to make sure that all the press were in at the right time. We fucking mm. dull, <laughs> shit, like really dull, so dull, so boring. I was, um, I was pasting in all the um, the listings for which film yeah. was on at cinema like, where exactly, exactly. Um, uh, but in my last job at the Cannes Film Festival, I was an angel, and an angel was somebody who was basically a um, gopher mm. or somebody who. Um, looked after either talent or um oh, crew whatever mm. for these yeah. for these um you know we never had anybody who was like we never had a massive huge amount of talent there and if there, if there wasn't a huge amount of talent i certainly was not going to be the person who was looking after them <laughs> but i'll never forget and this is a story that i'll never forget 
Um, there was one year, the one, the last year that I was here, there was a film premiering. I can't remember what it was, but it was with um, Tilda Swinton. <gasps> and the worst kept secret in Hollywood at the time was that Tilda Swinton was having an affair with this other person. Anyway, mm. her, she has a kind of open relationship with her husband and it's very open out there. But it was at the time, it was the worst kept secret anyway. Mm. And um, she went missing. And she was meant to be on stage to do this. It was either a reel to reel or it was some kind of appearance with something like that. But she went missing. Nobody could find mm. her. Um, and it was that kind of tenuous, one of those tenuous moments in a situation like that where, you know, everybody knows what's happening. Everybody mm. knows where she is. Everybody knows that she's with her lover somewhere. <laughs> but nobody wants to say it out loud because mm. nobody wants to admit to it because nobody wants to take responsibility for it because nobody wants the press to find out or to have to take responsibility for the press finding out yeah. about it. And um, <clears throat> so this basically this 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 hunt around Edinburgh happened about 25 minutes before this situation was meant to happen without anybody managing anybody ever finding out. It was amazing. It was totally, it was utterly thrilling to be a part of because you're like literally in a car going around and going, fucking hell, where is she? What is she doing? Oh my God, have you seen her? We were like, like just like running into hotels and going, literally, is yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Um, it was quite fascinating thrilling but it was fun and um you know what do you have to do that's what you have to do you have to go and find her you have to you know deal with it you just do it you just deal with the situation anyway um uh but that was um that was kind of interesting but i got to go i got to go to lots of fun premieres i went to the premiere of rob roy and also went to the premiere of dragon heart with sean connery and i went to the premiere of some of so that's how you met sean connery no, actually, that's not how I met Sean Connery because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you, you and Sean are old friends. The position that I'm very fortunate that I have a godmother, my godmother, um, mm. was the. She's going to hate me for saying this publicly. She was the. I'm going to get her title right, or else she's going to kill me. She wasn't, she was the operational director of the Edinburgh Film Festival <laughs> many, many years, many, 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 many years. And Sean happens to be a patron of the <laughs> Edinburgh Film, or what, I'm sorry, was, was a patron of the fucking hell, was a patron of the Edinburgh International Film Festival. He actually founded it along with one of his um, film buddies. Oh, okay. And um, uh, so she was very close to him. Mm. And she acted as a kind of Scottish uh, base for a lot of his activities, his mm. stuff that happened um, in Scotland. Um, and, um, you know, she and also when he was in the country, when he was attending um, events and so on in the country, she would sort of act as an assistant, an executive mm. assistant to him um quite often um so yeah there is a there is a kind of a connection through that um is yeah basically <laughs> but the result would be yeah i also did meet him there at yeah. the, the premiere too it was very strange very good he's very tall <laughs> is he yeah was he was he <laughs> was he i know yeah was he's he? very tall he was a very nice man I mean, I yeah. know that a lot of people have got a lot of bad things to say about him and, you know, it's all generational stuff and, you know, how you treat women back in the day was awful. It was terrible. Yeah. And he should never have said the things that he said on public television. It was just stupid. Um, <sighs> but also, I mean, the whole, that whole Bond persona that they built up was exactly mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know. I know. And, and, and. I mean, you watch the films now and you're like, and it's, oh, it's awful. I mean, it just gets you, and like, teeth on edge. Even the Pierce Brosnan ones, which is mm. not that long ago, mm. are still. I would say, see, I would say, even still, some of some of the Daniel Craig stuff, the early Daniel Craig yeah. stuff, I'm just a bit like, ooh, ooh really? Yeah. And um, with the whole money penny yeah. thing and the mm, no, uh, no, 
um, definitely not um, doesn't age well in that respect. Yeah. <coughs> do you still love them? I do. I know. Me too. Yeah. And I and I, you know, um, for me, yeah. Bond will always be Sean. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to watch Doctor No with the boys, and they were like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> generational thing yeah they were like why doesn't he just shoot him <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't have semi-automatic weapons those days <laughs> oh. it was like they were different times <laughs> but hey mm. the new bond I know. it's a woman I know. not only is it women, it's a black woman i'm so excited i'm like yes Come on! The awesome. Rockley franchise has turned it around. Wow. I was kind of I, I was look, Clunk, I was sorry, but <laughs> Idris Elba actually, but yeah, it, mm. it's. I, I think, yeah, I I was I was um, I thought it was going to be either um, Idris Elba or do you remember? Did you ever used to watch Spooks? Yes. Yes. Books. Books. The MI5. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now I'm going to really make a mess of this guy's name. Um, I might have to look it up. Yeah, I have to Google. Because I thought you were going to say Matthew McFadden. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> no. I was like, how not him? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, him, but not him. Incidentally, picture of Matthew McFadden. There. Is he up there? I can't see. Where is he? He's there. Oh, I'm gonna have to. It's it's not because I, you know, I just actually love that photograph. I just think it's very cute. Oh, is he still married not... to Keely Hawes? I think so, right? Because they met on Spooks, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh no! Now that's just come back up on my. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Yes, his name. Okay. David. Oh. Oitukunbu Oilowo. I feel like I've just totally. No, I don't like. Oitukunbu Oilowo. Oilowo. David Oilowo. Yeah. He's yep. in loads of things. Yeah. Yeah. He's... So I was, th yeah. I was thinking that's it's going to be him. Partly because of his role in Spooks already. He's already been there. He's, you know... <gasps> yes! He played Javert in Les Miserables. He was yes. so good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's, done yeah. Tons of, he's an amazing actor. He's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He's got an OB, by the way. Yeah. OB. Um, oh my God, same age as me. What the hell have I done with my life? <laughs> is he? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, see, I'm at the very, I'm at, I'm at the very, I'm, I'm at a very privileged position in my life where most of the people that I have a lot look up to or have as my role models are still actually, I, I'm happy to say, I'd ha happily discover that they're actually a little bit older than me. I, I'm dreading the day when I start realizing that people are suddenly younger than me. I've just it's already, it's already awful discovering that people you don't even really respect that much have achieved more than you and they're half your age and you're like fuck <laughs> no i've just readjusted all of mine so yeah <laughs> higher power looking for her oh. anyway yeah so um yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what um james bond brings in the next um mm -hmm. it's gonna be good gonna it be good. is it's gonna be very exciting because um, it kind of needed something it was getting a bit I think in the time, the times, if the times are ready for it, the time yeah. is ready for it. I think we're ready for we're ready for a radical shift in the direction of of that. But um, it's, I mean, I, I have to say, I'm still really. It's a huge risk. It's a huge risk for a franchise like that to take, especially coming off the back of the enormous success that um, what's his face has had. Um, Oh my god, I can't even remember his name. Which one? <laughs> the Clearly. latest one. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Uh, <laughs> He's so uh, popular, so successful, I can't remember his name. That, that's um, not that successful, I mean. I don't 
I'm he's joking. Kept a, he's kept it going. I mean, ha, they're, they're, no, I'm not getting you wrong. There's been a couple of right duffs in there. Like, Quantum of Solace. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> just like, <laughs> just, we're watching it. We're watching it. We're watching it. And then suddenly it ended. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> Exactly. Everyone was like, I'm sorry. What just happened? <laughs> so there's been, you know, don't get me wrong. There's been some absolute dust. But then they make up for it with, some, with like, Skyfall. And you're like, whoa, that was I insane. Like, I can't remember if I've seen Skyfall. Oh, you will. Okay, you will. we might have to cut this bit out. Um, which is the one way? <laughs> That's Skyfall. I've seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scottish Highlands. Quantum... Scottish Highlands. Yes. She's in a house. Yeah. No, Quantum of Solace is that one where it ends like in Chile or something, mm. and they're just wandering around. Yeah. No, that was so totally dumb. random. Totally random. So and dumb. then the one after the one after Skyfall is all right. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's all right. I was it's kind right. of devastated by Skyfall, actually, by yeah. the twist. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but still, I I like the way that they they roll it on afterwards. Yeah. Um, okay. It's, I, it's I, not as, I mean, the the one after Skyfall is not as bad. I can't even remember the name of the one after Skyfall. Doc. It has like a quantum of solacey kind of name, right? Yeah. It has one of those kind of names. Uh, I just I find Daniel Craig a bit too serious well I think that's what was so great about Sean was that he had he he could he didn't he 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 was able to laugh at himself he was able to he had that tongue-in-cheek yeah it was tongue-in-cheek but it wasn't Roger Moore over the top top. yeah I mean the Roger Moore innuendo was just crap those are the ones and they are i hate them i can't watch them <clears throat> and then there was the random there was the completely like total random oh what the hell was that guy's name the one the one off the one off the one off the... george lazenby george lazenby or did you mean the two timothy dalton oh my yeah maybe it was that i do two did, did yeah. timothy dalton do two yeah living daylights and the other one <laughs> he did two yeah wow. Um, I, I don't think I've ever but, seen the George Lazenby one ever. Oh, the, I quite like the George. I, I know that's controversial to say, but I quite like the George Lazenby one. I don't think I've ever seen that. In one. a minute, Peter's going to be shouting through the door at me, going, "It's," <laughs> 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 like... and every the Timothy Dalton it, ones, I was just like, "What is this?" Ah, uh, you see, for me, I love the Timothy Dalton one because at least Living Daylights, and I cannot remember the name of the other one. It's going to really drive me mad. But Living Daylights, the theme song was by Aha, and. Oh. Yeah, you see, I I have a bit of a thing for Lord Narkin from R. No, no, yeah, don't blame you. Don't blame you. Back in the day, I would have. Still, definitely. <laughs> I had posters of too him. Too much plastic all... surgery. <laughs> posters of him all over the inside of my desk. Well, <clears throat> I went through a bit of a thing of having a thing for Norwegians. I've got no idea why. Cause all a bunch of weirdos. Um, <laughs> Trust me, all the ones I met were. Um, yeah, uh, but, I mean, <laughs> um, when you come to Scandinavia, that you are spoiled here compared with Britain. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I went to a university where there was an exchange with Nor- oh, Nor- Norwegian yeah. Norwegian universities, right? So we had our but fair share. A lot of universities do right Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah. I know that Aberdeen has a big old so thing going. Sterling had their fair share of Norwegian students, right? So I had one or two boyfriends. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, from there. And I... No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it... I I don't know. I, I That was my first introduction to trying to decipher the male Scandinavian. And I was like... Brain not computing this at all. I don't. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, so um, I have kind of a weird kind of thing mixed up with aha Norwegian men. That all kind of yeah weird. Yeah, I think it's quite ironic that I ended up with another Scandinavian. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, just you were like yeah. Norway ticked off. Next, yeah. kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> Next, <Done>. Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> no, just... 
mean, I, I could say the same because, but then I, I, I was living in Denmark, but yes. Mm-hmm. So I did. My last boyfriend was Danish. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're a special breed. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but I would say that uh, English men are also a special breed <laughs> in a very different way. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you know what you know. And at the time, all I knew was basically Scottish men. Mm. That's so Norwegians look really good. (laughs) (laughs) They did. This one did. This one in particular really did. (laughs) There was a lot of them who looked basically like they'd been logging in the fjords for, you know, (laughs) 10 years. So, you know. (laughs) Um, But this particular one uh, was very attractive and was just my type and but it turned out that he just really hated women <laughs> that's the only way that i can describe it i mean like you just just genuinely just really didn't actually like women despite being heterosexual just actually didn't like women that much so i was yeah i dated a new zealander like that so. yeah yeah there's always mm. there's always one you know it's not about where they come from really is it <laughs> It's just getting in there that he wasn't British <laughs> or Swedish. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh, tangent. Tangent. <laughs> what was the tangent from? Bond. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Misogyny abounds. <laughs> um, so I don't think this conversation is passing the vector. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but <laughs> um, I've realised that I've actually got the Bechdel test slightly wrong. Okay, why? Because the first part of the Bechdel test is we have cleared because it's two women having a conversation with each other. Oh, good, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's the second part that is that is not about men. So we're fifty percent of the way there. I think this is and the actually, first. This is the first time we've actually had a conversation about men, though, and all the yes, podcasts yeah. that we've actually done. Yes, it was about to come. I mean, they they do take up fifty percent of the population, so it was about to come up at some point. Forty nine. Forty nine percent of the population. I really wish that they would understand that that actually women take up more percentage of this. Yeah. I'm... <clears throat> anyway. Oh, I said it. I'm. I was going to say reading but I'm actually listening to uh, the Kathleen Moran book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. So good. Yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't listened to it yet. I've read How to Be a Woman. Yeah, which I loved. Mm -hmm. This is... This is just so good because it's it's sort of 10 years later on and because she's... Okay, she's the same age as me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think oh hang on hang on let me readjust i actually think she might be about six or seven months older than me because i know everyone's age now because i'm that kind of but still like, oh, you know she can age. she can be the same age as you you can still you know but look at that she's a year months. older than me there you go so. 12 months she she's a year older than me so it's very much reflecting on the time in her life that she is at now and it's so good oh my god and it's hilarious as well. And sad and brilliant and mm. oh, love her. Mm. Mm. Really, really good. Yeah, and she's I, really good. I I um I kind of want to I, I want to make a point of reading more. You know how you said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that you know you found that after a particular age the boys were, you kind of were able to claw back time to mm-hmm. read and to to take that kind of you know whereas before when kids are younger you just you just there's just nothing you just can't get you time to do it. <clears throat> so i kind of feel now there are pockets of time which mm-hmm. i can actually spend reading 
Um, and at the moment, I've kind of got into the habit of quickly checking my phone or doing something else or doing something. And I'm actually like, now, no, actually, I can use that time to sit down and read a book mm. with, you know, have a little bit of time to myself, dive into somebody else's life, read something else. It just, and I think I just, I just need to reprioritize about that. Yeah. So that's my, okay. that's my, that's one of the things I want to do for next year. It's just, you oh. know, re, re kind of re, retake that time. I think it's really good as well because also it sets like a really good example mm. if you're sitting with a book. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, then you're, you're showing that you're not just on your phone, so just on your phone because I'm on my phone all the time as well. But, but you know, it. It's a balance. It's about balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're showing that you're doing something else and, mm. And then also you get to read. So. Mm, mm. <laughs> and for me, it really kicked in. Yeah. When the youngest went to uh, school, mm-hmm. I'd already started getting like, yeah, as you say, these little pockets of time and, and using them, but it is also about just kind of making that commitment and saying, right. Exactly. I'm going to pick up a book. Yeah. Although saying that now I, the last three months I barely read. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but you're writing your own book, you know. If I can't, I can't. If I read a book, then I'm constantly. I can't read for pleasure right now because I'm constantly analysing. Mm. If I'm reading a book, then it's a book about writing books. Yeah, and I wonder. Do you know? Do you think other authors, you know, professional authors who do this for a living, mm. do you think they have the similar thing? Do you think they? Do you think they can read for pleasure? I know the only the only person I've heard talking about it who I can think of off the top of my head is um, the journalist um, Pandora Sykes from mm. the High Low podcast. Yeah, and she wrote recently wrote a book of essays, and she said when she was writing that she could not read anything. Mm. I get she it. could read like things that were researched, but she couldn't read for pleasure. Yeah, and I she get reads. It. A, I mean, it's insane when she lists the number of books that she reads in a week. I was like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she. How does she get the time to do all that? I think she. Oh, but she doesn't have any kids, does she? Yeah, she has two now. Oh, mm. pardon me. No, no. Yeah, she's just had a second. <clears throat> um, but I think she specifically sets aside time for reading. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I I know I need to do more, but at the moment I just can't. I can't. I'm in this and this is definitely old age well not old middle age not old age middle age middle age Um, young middle young middle age (laughs) cracking in where I if I pick up a book I can only read about 10 minutes and then I fall asleep I I cannot keep my eyes open and it doesn't matter how interesting the book is or how Mm -hmm. invested I am or whatever I I mean my eyes are like like I'm just like I'm nodding dog (laughs) It's awful. How, how do you combat that? I can't. I can't read a book before I go to bed. At the moment, at the moment, I, I'm like waking up at five or six every morning. It's like boom, wide awake. <laughs> so I've got the reverse problem. Oh right, okay. Maybe I'm I like, should, I don't maybe know I should make the most of it then. <laughs> yeah, but then I'm lying there and it's dark, and in the end, I just get up. Like this was it this morning? Oh yeah, this morning I woke up at six thirty. Everyone else got up at eight thirty. I've been up two hours. Oh my god! But then you can use. Then you can be one of those people that uses your time for journaling. You can meditate and journal. No, I looked at Twitter for forty-five minutes, and then I did Twitter. I was like, "I'm Twittered out." Yeah, but I was wondering. You sent me a message like ridiculously early this morning, and I was like, "Oh my god, sorry." Sorry. And then I kind of was like, "Should." like should i be looking it was a lovely message it was very nice it was exactly it was you know it was it was a oh, very was that one? on yeah. instagram yeah yeah it was a very yeah, inspirational that was one, bored. one i'd already done twitter at that point i was oh, bored right, with yeah, twitter yeah. So i went yeah. out to instagram yeah. but the problem is that that time in the morning i can't look at instagram stories and that's what i'm really interested in mm. like stories are more interesting right now mm. but they make noise or the problem is you can't tell if they're going to make noise or not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So then i wanted to look at instagram stories so then i got up and then i was like oh i'm gonna write for a bit so i got up and wrote this morning but yeah well done 
little bit I wrote like 100 words but I'm yeah I don't know I'm I'm having a I'm having a a weekend where I everything is shit and I can't write and I hate it all and it'll pass it will pass you just, you just have to go with it you just have to accept that accept it I know. yeah I know that feeling it's probably doesn't help waking up at 6 30 on a Sunday morning <laughs> frame of mind and the worst thing as well is that you know if you have alcohol the night before you're just going to wake up earlier the next morning that's the that's the law that's murphy's law that's, oh, yeah, I, that's have... what happens to me anyway <clears throat> yeah but the thing was I, I felt fine i just actually need less sleep and i hate what that implies oh god man i feel you like know I, that... I feel like you I, know I feel... i'm like Fucking hell, that's menopause. You know, I know, I know, I know. I, know. I, I feel like I feel that I am going through. I mean, and you're not going to want to hear this. I know you're not going to want to hear this, but <laughs> I feel like right now, all I need, all I want to do is sleep. All I want to do is lie <laughs> bed. That's and it's me. not because it's just, I'm like, it's no. not because I'm like depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm not unhappy. I'm not whatever. It's just physically, like physically, mm. I'm exhausted. I'm just exhausted. And I think that's got a lot to do with, you know, all the stuff that we've been through this year and all the stuff that I've been through with the my, my business and studio yeah. and the amount of energy that I've expanded on that. And, you know, and I think my body's just kind of like depleted and I'm trying to yeah. gain, gain back stuff like that. But it does make me feel like a teenager again. Like I feel like I'm, you know, 17 and I can sleep until midday. And the thought of having to get up every morning at 7.30 because, you know, life. Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, six months ago, that was me. I was obsessed. I was like, I need to get seven and a half to eight hours sleep. Otherwise, I cannot cope. And now I'm like, oh, I got six hours sleep last night. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not even tired. I don't think... Like, which is that's why I'm really that. worried about it because that's that means it is that, right? <clears throat> I keep on googling. <laughs> is, it not, is that not very early though? No, <laughs> no, not really. No, because it it the thing is, and this is the other thing, and this is actually something that Catelyn Moran talks about, and a load of other people. This sort of like around this age now it's people are starting to talk like people women are talking about it so much more and it has been this like mystery thing mm. like it, it's like been this thing like oh when that happens to you then your life's over mm. 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 and so I started because I started noticing like weird stuff happening like literally when I hit 40 and then I went to the doctor the doctor <laughs> the doctor was really Swedish doctor, awesome. He was like, oh yeah, I think you're having the menopause, so I'll just uh, send you on to a gynecologist. I was like, oh, fuck, oh, great, thanks. Mm. <laughs> Cheers for that. <laughs> with the with the, with the the sensitivity of a, f you know, fucking rake. <laughs> no, actually, I take that back. No, he didn't send me on to a gynecologist. No, he said, come back in a year. <laughs> oh, great. Wonderful. So I went back at 41. I'll put up with this for a year then, mate. Thanks. Yeah. You know, because that's just yeah. what women do. <laughs> exactly so, so so on the dot 365 days later there I was <laughs> hello back again it's still happening <laughs> and then he was like oh i don't know i mean it's all that's like women's stuff so i'm gonna send you on fuck's sake but you know he sent me on to this amazing gynecologist who was a woman and she was my age and she was lovely and brilliant woman absolutely brilliant and she was awesome and she was like no you're not having the menopause 41 <laughs> You're pregnant! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> <Evan>. mm. <laughs> no, so she was absolutely brilliant. But then I started, because I'd had that year of being like, what is this? I started reading loads of things about it. And I was like, it's actually not that scary. <laughs> mm. Mm. And it's really... It was really nice actually to have that time and to like research myself and and then like this kind of revelation of being like, oh, okay, 
menopause is only like the end of it <laughs> so mm. there's all the beginning bit when it all starts to just like change and slow down and get weird mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. strange happens okay. and and yes yes but it's it's fine. it's fine but the nice thing is like not being obsessed with sleep anymore <laughs> it's actually really nice it's oh. actually really good is it yeah, yeah. I, have, I have all these extra hours so great fantastic <laughs> to fill my day with wonderful <laughs> all this time to think <laughs> i no, but i i as i've said to you before like i really um kind of in awe of these people that make life-changing decisions to wake up at 4 30 every morning and oh journal, yeah i'm not doing that <clears throat> journal for 25 <laughs> minutes and you know start their day right and all that kind of shit and i'm like yeah that's great that's great i love you know i'd love to be able to do that but if i had to do that i would need to go to bed at 9 at 8 30 every night every night yeah. and i'm not prepared yeah. to do that with my life because i want to spend I time see. with my husband i want to spend time on my own i want to spend you know i've got stuff to do in the evening anyway yeah but this is kind of awesome because i go to bed at like i don't know between 11 and midnight and then i wake up at like 6 30 and then i'm awake and then i look at twitter for 45 minutes and then i move on to instagram you know so you know living perfect. my best life <laughs> that sounds I could be, perfect i could be getting up and like meditating and journaling but you know i just look at twitter and get angry and then i look at instagram and get happy and then you know <laughs> and then I'm like well i'm not going to go back to sleep now so, oh there's, no, a actually, time, there's a time and a place for meditating but at 4 30 in the morning i'm like fuck that shit give me a cup of coffee i don't care anymore <laughs> i mean i don't like meditation is great but if you're having to set an alarm to do it no no no, no. if you're having to force it like i discovered up, you know what we were talking about you know what we were talking about last week that we were talking about uh running going for yes exercising but that's your meditation right exactly you're so thinking i do for my i go for my run i do my bit of thinking but then i have discovered that i find at the moment the, the time of the morning that i go for my run the beach where I, the local beach where i am is usually really empty so i can usually find a little quiet spot have a sit down and i can just i don't do meditating because i can't do meditating because not many people can actually do meditating. No. But I can do from some mindful exercises. So, you know, just a little bit of breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, taking in, just being present for five minutes by the beach. Spot on. Great. Mm -hmm. But as I said, as you absolutely hit the nail on the head, to set an alarm to get up, to do anything. No. Apart it's from actually, you know, feed my child. <laughs> She is my alarm, by the way. She is my she's my alarm clock. She gets up at six thirty every morning. Done. See, now I actually get up earlier than my children. So. When the, the day that happens, I will be like, oh. "Oh my god!" It happens occasionally. No, she sleeps longer than we do, um, <clears throat> but not very often. No, no. It's uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. I'm learning to embrace it mm. but it's also i just have like so many thoughts at the moment mm. you can imagine so many thoughts and i don't like to have them when i run so no. i like my mind to be screamed at by heavy metal music when i <laughs> or dance music so i need i need i need bass and beats and nothing going on in pounding there. boom pounding you're like your feet on the pavement pounding yeah boom. Boom. I do, I but I notice I change the rhythm of my running to the songs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of changing, mm -hmm. this is a tenuous link. <laughs> I had my first Swedish dream last night. <gasps> mm hmm. It was weird, and I only noticed. I only I only realized this morning when I was sitting at breakfast and I was looking at something that was in Swedish, and I was like, I dreamt about this last night, and I was speaking Swedish. <gasps> I dreamt in Swedish for the first time. What? Sweet. To be fair, to be fair, <laughs> it was in the setting of a Swedish class. Like I was learning <laughs> Swedish, but I was speaking Swedish in my dream and thinking in Swedish. It's yeah. so weird. It's so weird. And like you say, you don't notice it until later. No. 
It's like when you think something in Swedish and then you realize afterwards you've thought it in Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> Never. If somebody had ever said that to me 10 years ago, that I would be thinking and dreaming in Swedish, I would have laughed in their face. I would be like, I don't even know where Sweden is, mate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't use that excuse because I was here. <laughs> no, I no, but yeah, but yeah. Okay. T- 15 years ago. <laughs> But seriously, like, yeah, I was like, I think, I think it's that country in between. I'm not really sure. In be- like, it's somewhere near Norway. I'm not really sure. Norwegian boyfriend, you know, yeah, somewhere there. I don't really understand. You know, yeah. I can remember. I can remember living in Copenhagen and saying, "Oh my god, I could." I had been to Malmo and, "Oh my god, I could never live in Sweden because I would just get so annoyed by the traffic lights making that fucking noise all the time." <laughs> And it's so irritating. It's like, oh my god, I need to get out of this place. It's beeping all the time. Wow, you had a lot of you had a lot of things to worry about in your life at that point. <laughs> I lived in Denmark, the happiest nation on the planet. True. Maybe. <clears throat> uh, hey, at least it's easier to get. Yeah, I was going to say, at least it's easier to get alcohol there. <laughs> Um, and anyway, we should wrap this up because it's getting quite late now. Yes. And it's been a pleasure talking to you again, it my is. friend. Um, and uh, yeah, anything else that you would like to add before we sign off? I would like to say that the at least the second half of this, we did pass the Bechdel test. Yes, we passed <laughs> the Bechdel test. I'm a feminist, but <laughs> um, if you've never listened to the Guilty Feminist podcast, I urge you to do Please so now. Do. It's amazing. Um, oh. Do you have any Guilty Feminist moments? Probably the first half of this podcast <laughs> recording. I'm like, I'm like look at this photograph. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, just wanted to say um, happy holidays from me, Jill, and uh, season's greetings from me. Yeah. Okay. See you next week. Bye. Bye.